Well, Happy New Year. How are you? Have you recovered from all the awesome family time and food? And did you wash your mouth out with chocolate these last few weeks? Uh, great to have Perla and Gabby leading us this morning. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah. So talented. So very talented. Pastor Garen is on vacation uh, this morning, and so they jumped in and have just so, so privileged to have them this morning. We're, we're lucky, very, very lucky to have so many people that are gifted in so many different areas in our, in our community. Well, hopefully you had a great Christmas. Hopefully you've had a good time together. You're kind of shaking off the time, uh, downtime, or getting ready to get back in the routine. School starts Tuesday, I knew that, and uh, maybe you've had to go back to work already. But uh, I had an interesting Christmas. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am a very stubborn person, especially when it comes to money, very stubborn. Uh, and I decided that Melanie, the best way we could save a few dollars is Melanie to fly with Quinn to Nashville, where my parents are for Christmas, and I was going to drive with Briley and Noah, my seven-year-old and three-year-old, and you're already wondering how insane I am there. And I thought, you know, even my mom tried to talk me out of it. My wife tried to talk me out of it. Fly, it's just a couple more dollars. Gas prices are low, mom. I'm going to save blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? We're going to leave at 7 o'clock on Christmas Day. And I'm going to drive through the night. And the kids will sleep, you know? The kids will sleep. Just have some me time. And, uh, and quite honestly, the first six hours of the adventure was glorious. The kids immediately went to sleep. I mean, they were out by seven o'clock, which is totally rare. And uh, I'm just having this a great time. I'm listening to a book, an audio book. I'm just feeling like this is me and Jesus in the car kind of moments. You've had those moments. And I'm reflecting on the last year and how God has been good and how things, I could do this and do that. And just get, having some awesome time together there. And then a couple things started to happen. I obviously started to get tired early as the night kind of progressed, and I started to drink energy drinks at a very unwise pace. And then I added uh, some chocolate in there, and I also added some sunflower seeds at the same time. And then about half an hour after that process, it all hit me at one time. And uh, we keep these bags in the car for Noah because he gets sick. And so I'm reaching for one of those bags as I'm driving. Yeah, it happened to be a Ziploc bag this time. You don't even have to visualize that to know how disturbing it was. So I have hands on the wheel, Ziploc bag, and then, yeah, that happened. Now, the, I, we confessed this morning in prayer time. I need to confess to everybody that I am a litterer, uh, litterer, litterer person who litters. I, this, I didn't mean to, I haven't done this in forever, but it was a desperate time. I couldn't pull over to find a trash can with kids in the car. They were asleep. So the bad thing happened in the Ziploc bag, rolled the window down. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel terrible about it. I feel awful. I feel awful. That's what I'm telling you now. I've asked God for forgiveness. So there it is. Whoo, I feel better already. 2015. So I have this moment, kind of recover from that. Uh, then about 4.30 happens. My kids wake up at 4.30. Then I'm trying to entertain them as I drive. It's about 5 o'clock, and something awful happens. Uh, a deer decided to wake up early one morning, jump across I-65 in Alabama, 
And I saw the deer jump over the guardrail, massive horns. I'm guessing that means it's a buck, huge, like 50-point buck, I think. (laughs) Slam on the brakes, hit the corner of my Mazda, and immediately know that, you know when you have that little bump, but you know that little bump means so much more? I pull over and realize the entire front corner of my car is smashed in. But thankfully, the Lord took care of us, and we were able to drive as fluids are coming out of our car to the next. I know it's not safe. God was with us. We got to the McDonald's exit, camped out at McDonald's for two hours there as the tow truck came and all that. So just crazy adventure. I had to drive back in my mom's car, but the Lord took care of us. So thankful for that. Unfortunately, I have friends uh, that like to rub things in. I come home to find a uh, gift <laughs> in my uh, office. And thank you to, to Theresa, who uh, loaded the podcast up early uh, to tell me that Garen had some kind of picture last week of this. I haven't seen it yet, but I just heard that because you can't see, obviously, in the podcast as I'm listening on the way home, but I just heard a pause and laughter. Uh, so that hurt a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but, but you know what, Garen's not here this morning, and uh, I don't know if there's a coincidence there or not. And then to top it off, my, favorite, my, my daughter's favorite song, Briley, to sing from that moment on has been, Daddy Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> Daddy got ran over by all Christmas. Just kind of just rubbing it in, rubbing it in. And what can you do? She's three, and she's just as cute as she can be, and I just soak it in, and just my pride takes another hit. And that's okay. That's okay. But Noah swears he saw everything. It wasn't Rudolph, okay? It wasn't Rudolph. He saw it all. But uh, it was a great time. Before the, uh, before the Ziploc bag and, the, and Rudolph happened and all that stuff, it was a great time, really, of kind of reflection for me. And I, I hope that you've had that time in the middle of this, in between 2014, 2015. I've had some time to kind of reflect, maybe think about last year, maybe set some goals, look into the next year of what you want to do. Now, obviously, people call these things resolutions. How many of you have made a resolution of some sort? Nobody. Now, I know that you're just, you don't want to raise your hands because statistics tell us about 60-something percent of you have, and about a third of that number will keep that resolution in some way. Now, there's about 40 of you that are like, you just roll your eyes as soon as you hear that word. You're like, it doesn't make a difference. I, it's just one day to another. It's one year to another. It's just a number on the calendar. I get that. I get that. I, I will confess to you, this is the time for me. I don't really set resolutions because we don't keep those. I kind of put goals, that are, things that I want to do in the next year, begin to look at some stuff in my life that kind of, it can change, make it a little, bit, a little better. You know, and we know that these things are popular. We've got resolutions, all kinds of them. Just spit out some ones. What are the popular ones? What do people think about? They focus on. What's that? Lose weight. Number one, lose weight. It's amazing how many people are at the gym uh, this week. And uh, the, the parking lot the week before, not so full. We know that. Something else? Eat healthier, kind of related there. Eating healthier or lose some weight? Spend less, get the finances under control. I'm going to have a budget this year. Uh, what else? Read the Bible. That's a good one. Get organized. Fantastic. That uh, box, what's the, the, the container? Is there a store for containers? Am I making that up? Is that like just nothing but Tupperware and 
tops and things. Well, I'm sure the container store has gotten a lot of business this week, but organization, there's a lot of things that we can, we can do, and, and some of those are good things. And, and I hope, you know, let's just be honest. I mean, if we want to really kind of feel convicted today, we'll go to that website that tells you the BMI, Body Mass Index, and we will all suddenly realize that we need to, to lose a, a few pounds. And, and if that's your goal, I hope that you meet it this morning. Um, not this morning, <laughs> this morning. Ooh, some serious pills that you can take. Confession. When I was, has anybody seen that uh, episode, The Bad Breaker Upper of Seinfeld? Any Seinfeld fans? The Bad Breaker Upper? It basically is about this guy that was a terrible breaker upper. Like, you have to, I know some of you have been married for a while. You have to go back to the days of, of dating and breaking up. I was the worst breaker upper of all time. The worst. I'm just, I was terrible. I, basically it comes down to is I'm a chicken uh, and I didn't want to just say the thing that needs to be said. And so I would come up with other things to say, like some of the classic terrible lines, like we just want to be friends. I just want to be friends. Uh, I, I just, um, it, it's not, but it's me. Yeah, it's not you, it's me. Or the worst is, you know, I just didn't even want to have that conversation. So I would try to like lessen myself so the person would break up with me, okay? And so I would uh, just not, you know, dress up as nice, not be as handsome as I am in some way. Uh, just, just not be me, be lesser of me so that they will break up with me. This is a total rant here. Um, it's in hopes that they would, they would do the, the, the hard thing of having the tough conversation. And the worst thing that I would do is just stop calling. Just don't call. And I know, I, I know, I, I, this, is just, this is all about me today, by the way. It's just me confessing. Uh, I just wouldn't call. And so I just wanted to avoid the awkward moment. You know what I'm talking about? And so with time then it became really more awkward, right? But sometimes you have to have like a blunt moment. You have to have that moment of, this is the reason why. We need to have an honest conversation here. And I kind of feel like this morning, this is a great chance for us in this new year to kind of have an honest conversation as we think about what God wants to do for us in 2015, what God wants to do for you in this year. And to start off this kind of, this bluntness, uh, we're gonna look at someone that was pretty blunt himself, uh, Paul, and he says this in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He, he asked the church in Corinth to do this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. This reminds us a little bit of David's language of, Lord, search me and know me. Examine me, Lord. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? <laughs> it's kind of awkward blunt, isn't it? You, you do realize that Jesus is in you, of course, if you, unless you fail the test. So what's the test? How can we test to see if God is in us? Well, he explains a little bit of this in Galatians chapter 5. And he talks about the Holy Spirit living in us. And he talks about living in the world and the way the world lives. And the world, it produces certain actions if, if we live the way the world lives. And that's selfish ambition. It's jealousy. It's hatred drunkenness, it's sexual sin, it's idolatry, it's arguments, constant kind of biting and back and forth. Those are the things, you're, if, if you're going to live the way the world lives, that's what your life is going to produce. Now, what does the Spirit produce? The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, you've heard these before, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if we're doing kind of a litmus test this morning, and we kind of look at your life, we're going to have kind of reflection time this morning. Where are you at in these different areas? Like, what, where are you in, in the patience department? Are you patient with others? Where are you in just being kind to others and being considerate and thoughtful of other people? What about being your, your goodness? Now, what does that mean? You're having an upright heart and a pure heart. Now, just pause here. We're not talking about the other person or looking around and, and, and kind of thinking of this for others. This is just pure kind of self, uh, self-viewing right now. How about self-control? Are you in control or do you get out of control easily? What about your faithfulness? Are you, are you trustworthy? Are you honest? Are you loyal? What about gentleness? Are you compassionate to others? What about your joy? Now, we're not talking about happiness. Happiness is an external thing that circumstances dictate your, our, our happiness. Joy is something that's internal, that it can't be taken away by, by the circumstances of life. Here's a tough one. What about your peace level today? If you look back over the year, what kind of peace have you had in your life? Has it just been constant stress and constant just strife and one thing after another to look at and to stress about? Now, some of you are going, to, are going right now, I'm doing awesome in these things. Doing great, fantastic. If you are, that's great. Keep doing what you're doing. That's the message today. Go home. We're excited for you. Keep doing what you're doing. Now, if some of you, if, if, if you need a little help in this, in the grading department, to get an honest answer, maybe you need to take that list and hand it to the person beside you and ask them to kind of grade these areas of our lives. It, it gets a little harder then. And, and maybe you're saying in your mind, okay, Matt, I get this. Bible concept, great. But this is impossible. This is impossible to have these things in our life in the midst of our world and my world specifically. Well, let's read a little bit further what Jesus tells us in John 15, 4 through 5. This is his words to, to us, his disciples. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And if, and if you cannot produce... And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What I love about our tradition, last week we had this Wesleyan uh, covenant service. I hate that I missed it. I, I got to listen to it. Um, John Wesley is, is, is the founder, really, of our, 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 faith, our tradition here, the, the Church of the Nazarene. And a lot of you, I know, aren't familiar with the Church of the Nazarene, and, and that's okay. There's two things that, that he really believed, are just known for hallmarks of what grace is all about and what grace does. Grace does this. It forgives us of our sins. Thanks to the cross and what he did for us, grace forgives us and sets us free. And the second thing that, that John Wesley was all about, and I love this about him, and I love this about our church, that grace transforms us. That we don't just stay the way we are. But because Jesus Christ, when we invite him into our life and our heart, he transforms us into, into making us more like him. And as we look back over this year and we look back to the future or look to the future, we want to be more like him. That's our hope. That's our goal. That's why we gather here today. And sometimes it takes a moment like this where you say, man, there's some areas where, man, I've just ignored God in this area of my life. 
or there's some things that I just haven't been listening or I haven't, maybe we should just put it this way. What if we did this? If it just, we went to a, I like burritos, we went to, to a burrito place after this and we just had a talk, a, a very, just you and me kind of hang out talk. I said this, describe for me what your faith is right now. What, what was last year like for you? And I kind of just threw out three different places. Has it been apathetic? Kind of non-existent, kind of just the blah, just blah. If you look back over this last year, has it been kind of blah? Maybe for you it's been a roller coaster. Highs, lows, highs, just inconsistent, highs and lows. Or maybe you would say, man, it was the best year of my life with my faith. I grew closer to God than I ever thought I could be. I felt a connection that I never had before. Man, that's, that's awesome. Like I said, keep doing what you're doing if you're there. But if you're in the first two, I've got good news. It's a fresh year. It's a new start. And God is good to us, okay? Got a gift for you. Got a gift for you. Play-Doh. Got Play-Doh in front of you on the seat there. Did you everybody, if you don't, you can just reach out in front. Some of you have already discovered it, these uh, folks in the first couple rows. You got your Play-Doh? I'm sorry I'm late in the gift-giving departments. Merry Christmas to, from me, Play-Doh. Now, you can take it out if you need a little distress relief. You can, you can just, I mean, Play-Doh is just a gift that keeps on giving, folks, okay? You can make different things out of it. It's amazing. I mean, any Play-Doh fans as a kid, shake your head. Yeah. This is Briley's, like, I could just get her just Play-Doh. In fact, uh, I'm sure she stole a few of these in, in, in the sanctuary this morning. But Play-Doh is awesome. Can I tell you a little story about this gift that I want to give you about Play-Doh? There once was a company that made this compound, but it looked much different than this. It was just white, but it was basically the same uh, contents as, as what we see today. Guy named Joe McVickers. He owned the company. Now, what the original purpose of of Play-Doh was was back in the day. Just back in the day. I feel like there's some be some music there. But back in the day, uh, they had coal stoves to heat homes. Does anybody remember those days? Yeah, we don't have to raise hands for that. But uh, and when that would happen, there would be a, kind of a, a soot that would go on wallpaper. And they would take a compound and they would rub it off the wallpaper onto the compound and it would clean it. Now, guess what happens? Central heating comes about and no need for this compound at all. No need for it at all. So the company and Joe, they were going under. They were going under until one day uh, his sister, Kay Sue Flex, I think is her name. I'm going to go with that. Uh, she's a school teacher, and she had kids that got a hold of this compound and started to do just what you are doing right now and started to build and model and to play with it. And they had the great, bright idea to put a little color into the compound and basically put it in a little can and to mass produce it eventually, and millions and millions of cans later, and millions of probably billions of dollars later, we have Play-Doh. Almost, what is it, probably 60 years old now. 
So why am I giving this to you? Why did I tell that story? I think you might be one major adjustment away from having the full life that God wants for you. One major adjustment away. One adjustment away from having the full life that God really wants for you. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 6. We're going to jump in this morning to see some words that Jesus tells us. He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching his disciples, and uh, he gives them, uh, this is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, maybe the most uh, famous uh, sermon that, uh, that he, he gives in all of Scripture, and it's the most famous teaching. Matthew, I just, I'm just going to just play with it. Just, your, your hands are just drawn to it. Just play around. I'm going to put it down. Uh, Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. And what is Jesus' words to us today? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So the context is this. He's teaching, and they're asking, well, what about this? And what about, what about the food that we need? What about, what about clothing and things like that, that, that we need in life? And he says, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. When I was playing uh, sports, I uh, played basketball uh, in high school, and I had a coach that was an amazing coach, and he'd spend time with me, and especially with, with teaching, uh, shooting was one of the things that he was a, he used to be a, a pro basketball player for the Suns back in the day. And uh, one day I remember we're shooting around, and he asked me a question. He says, what are you looking at when you shoot? It's a pretty bad day of shooting that day. What are you looking at? I said, well, coach, I'm looking at the goal. Duh, I'm looking at the goal. And he said, no, no, no. What are you, look, what are you specifically looking at? I said, well, I'm looking at the rim. I'm looking at the rim. He said, what part of the rim? What part of the rim are you looking at? I never thought about that. Honestly, it just was more of a general look and shoot that direction kind of thing. But something, when I started to look at one point, it sharpened my focus. And it, 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 honestly, my shooting percentage went up. What is your focal point in life? What is the thing that you are focused on? What it drives you? We know we're in the middle of playoffs now. What drives most players? The Super Bowl. That, that's, the, that's the place. What's the thing in your life? What is driving you? I mean, is it a is it successful uh, job? Is it to make money? Is it to have a, a successful family? Is it to, to be a good dad? Is it to be a good mom? Is it, what is the thing that's just, man, this is the, the prize. This is the thing that I'm running after. What Jesus is telling us is this. I'm going to simplify it all. Focus on this one thing. Seek first this, the kingdom of God. That is what we're running after. That is our focal point. That's the driving point of our lives. That is, as disciples of Christ, that's what we should be thinking about as we wake up every day. That's the thing that will will consume our lives. And if we do, all of these things will be added unto you. I was, I've been reading and, and, uh, and listening to a book on marriage, and it's just kind of a couple different books going on. I, I love what Francis Chan writes in his book, You and Me Forever. It says, The Secret to Happily Ever After. There are plenty of marriage books that will teach you how to get along and be happy. This is not one of those books. I am not knocking those. In fact, we have learned some helpful principles from them over the years. The problem with these books is that they can make you feel like having a happy family is the goal, is the goal of Christianity. They can make 
primary things like God's glory and his mission sound secondary. The primary goal is God's mission in the world and everything else. When we we put that first, I know it's a simple concept, put God first. We hear that, but if you put God first, the other things will be added. I was listening to a Craig Groeschel book on marriage, and he talked about how I would just love to, to, to hear and to find someone that was searching, you know, when you were dating back to those bad breakup days, that would, be, would say something like this, I am trying to find my number two in life. Not the one, we're, oh, we're searching for the one. We're not, we shouldn't be searching for the one, we should be searching for the two, the two, because when we put God first in our lives, all these things will be added unto us. Our marriages will be better. We'll be better parents. We'll be better at, at our job. We'll have more peace in our life. We'll have more grace. We'll have more patience. When we put God first in our lives, all of these things will be added. So I want to give you some practical things. How can we practice this in the new year? How can we begin to be consumed with the kingdom of God and putting God first? I want to make it pretty simple and pretty easy of some things that we can do to do that. The first thing I want us to do as we think about getting a fresh start of this new year is by spending time with God in the morning. Spending time with God in the morning. Now, some of you, you wake up and you look exactly like this every morning. Um, Actually, that's what I look like in the morning as well. In fact, why is it, just random thought, why is it that it's the worst? On Christmas Day, okay, we wake up super early. A lot of times, parents were up real late the night before, and it's, you suddenly, you wake up, and that's the day of the year that you take more pictures than any other day, okay? And you're, you've got the crusty in the eyes, and you just kind of feel like this. Some of you wake up like this every single day. But we know, we know that the most important part of the day is the first part of the day. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. We, we know that the first few minutes of how we wake up, it really makes an impact for the rest of the day. I'm so impressed with, uh, I'll talk about him because I don't see him here. My friend Mike Carr, he works out almost every, he goes to the gym all the time. Like we, we went to uh, Montrose and we were up uh, helping to serve a homeless downtown and he was, we were using his, his truck. I said, hey, Mike, are you taking the day out? No, I'm, I'm going and I'm working out in the morning. I'm going to, it's just a part of the routine. What happens when we work out in the morning? Those of us who rarely run or do this, how does that affect the rest of our day? You feel better about yourself, don't you? Suddenly, you don't want to eat that donut that they have at church uh, that are out there because you, you're counting calories. You're suddenly like, okay, that little thing on my wristband has told me that, that I have run like five miles, and that's like 200 calories, which is ridiculous, by the way. It's a little more than that. And then you go, okay, if I eat this, that's the same as what I did. I don't want to eat this now. And so it affects the rest of, of our day. But what if we start fresh every day? The first thing that you do is you spend time with God in the morning. And you say, God, I want to put you first in the day. I want to focus on your kingdom, on what your will is for my life. How will that impact your day? I love what David says in Psalm 63, 1 through 2. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. So starting the day off, just by spending time with God. We, we, we know that that should include prayer. We should include prayer. Now, we, we prayed a kind of a guided prayer this morning. And I wanna, if we were just you and me back at that taco place or that burrito place, 
A lot of you would say, I don't really know how to pray. I don't really know how to talk to God. I want to give you a couple of, of practical ways we can do that. Simple uh, acronym uh, that I, I, I got from a friend of mine, Pastor Dwight uh, Gunner. And just pray. Very simple. P is for praise. P is for praise. So when you start off your prayer, you just spend time praising God. R is for request. What are the requests that are on your heart and your life? What's grieving your heart right now? A is spending attention, spending time and giving attention to God. We know the worst conversations are the ones that are just one-sided. Have you ever been in those conversations with people before? They're very difficult. They just talk about them all the, the time. I wonder if God ever feels that way about us. So spending a little time listening, spending a little time listening to God. And what happens is what I've found when, when we listen to God, he speaks. It might not be in a loud, audible voice, but he speaks. Now what we do when he speaks tells a lot about us. Because what I've found is when he, he begins to put things in my heart and I have to deal with those things. Sometimes I have to say I'm sorry. Sometimes I have to say sorry to God. Sometimes I have to say sorry to other people. You know, one of the things when I, when I, uh, I talked about being a bad breaker-upper, God really began to poke me in the heart. And as I was spending more time with him, I was getting closer and closer to him. One of the things that I felt so convicted about doing is contacting all those people that I've had the bad breakups with. And I said, I'm sorry. I blew it. I didn't mean to, to, to do this. I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to lie to you. But I did. And I, I wish I could take it back. And I would call people, and I, I, we didn't have Facebook then, but I actually wrote snail mail letters to people, and I made sure it got there. Because that's what God does when he works with us. He his heart aligns with our heart, and suddenly we become more like him. And the last thing is yield. It, it's to, to yield to God, to say, God, it, your kingdom come. And another just tip, if that doesn't work for you, Pray through the Lord's Prayer. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Our, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I know the King James, because that's what I learned. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now just pause at each place. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. And you just stop and just take time, God. This is why you're holy. This is why you're great. This is what you've done for me. Thank you for this week. Thank you for 20 years ago. Thank you for what you're doing here and there. And, and then you go to the next line. Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Begin to pray this, the prayer out. Another thing you can do, uh, UVerse app. Great time to start a plan. UVerse app, uh, it's, it's an app that you, you've got on basically any phone I think even flip phones can have a, can a flip phone have a U-verse app? No? Okay. We'll ask, about the, ask a teenager after service about that. But you can start a plan, uh, and uh, you can get into reading God's Word. How many have your, just, just quick quiz, if in the morning when you're waking up, your phone is an arm length away from you as you sleep? Yep. Yep. What if before your feet hit the ground, you just over there with the, you can have the hair, you can have the crusties, and you just begin to, to read. They have apps. I started an app. Uh, my wife finished the, the Read the Bible in the Year app. So proud of her. I, I started that. Start an app, and it reminds you. It sends you an alarm. You can do that. It's a great thing. Uh, get a fresh start by, uh, we're going to hit these pretty quick here. Get a fresh start by, by fasting 
to sharpen your focus. Fasting. If you look in, in Matthew 6, if you keep going back a little bit, Jesus says these words, when you fast. Now, what's fasting? Fasting is giving up something to focus on God even, even more. Uh, so maybe this is something you want to take your prayer life to the next level. And most of the time, that's connected with food. So you give up some kind of food, and you spend time praying or focusing on God even more. Uh, one of the, the rules of fasting is that we shouldn't tell people or talk about it. It's kind of like if you've seen the movie Fight Club, where the first rule of Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, that's right. Uh, so with fasting, we're not supposed to talk about fasting. I'm going to just give you an idea of what I'm doing. I don't want anyone to ask me about this, but I'm just going to give you a, a, what fasting looks like. This year for, in January, I'm taking three lunches a week, and I'm not eating lunch, and I'm going to specifically pray for three areas that I, I think God's just put on my heart really heavy. One of those is just uh, marriages in, in general in our church. My marriage, your marriage, everyone's marriage, that we just lift up marriage, that, that God would begin to strengthen and heal and help us in that specific area. Praying for people who don't know Jesus yet, people who are, 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 don't know Jesus yet, have not reimagined their life with Jesus yet, and praying for people by name. And then the, the, the third day, I'm going to be praying for just the needs and the hurts and the praying, praising God for the good things that are happening within our community. Those are the three things that God just really just, just hit my heart with. And so that's something that you can do as well, as starting off by, by fasting. It just focuses even more on what God's doing. The next thing is this, by getting a fresh start by putting God first in your finances. Now, I know immediately you heard, saw the word finances, you thought resolutions, some of that's connected, but some of you just get that shrill when you talk about money in church. But let me tell you, Jesus talked about money more than any other subject. Why? Because if we think about putting God first, the reality is that most people put this first. They put money and treasures here over, earth, over heavenly things and what God wants in their life. That, this is this reality. We're, that's the biggest temptation for all of us to do. Let me give you a couple of, of, of biblical principles of why we tithe, why we put God first in our finances. Leviticus 27.30, this is from the Old Testament, says this, a tithe, which means one-tenth of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Reality is everything that we have is from God. He gives us everything. And when we give a tithe, when we give an offering to God, it basically is putting our life into, into priority shape. And, and this is a concept that Melly and I learned very early on. I mean, it was something our parents instilled in us, and maybe it was instilled in you, but it, it just sets the priorities of our life straight when we, when we do that. And we uh, have been blessed, and God has taken care of us every single moment of our lives. And as I think about that, when I counsel young couples, and we're getting, couples are getting ready to get married, I, I emphasize this point. And especially as we think about we're having financial peace in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's starting, I think, the 28th of January. This is the biggest stress area for couples and for families is finances. And, and I love a line that, uh, that uh, what's the guy that teaches it? He just had a, Dave Ramsey, thank you. Dave Ramsey he says, if you can't manage 90% of your finances, you can't probably manage 100% of your finances. If you don't have principles in, in place that are helping you and there, then you're, you're not going to be able to manage it when, when you, you, you keep it all. 
And, and it's so important that when we give that to God, and God talks about it again. Jesus mentions it in Matthew 23, 23, and he's talking to the Pharisees. He says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, so it's referring to that tenth thing, mint, dill, and, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So tithe but, and focus on these important things of justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So financial peace is a great, is a, is a great way to begin to focus on that in this new year. And one of the, one of the quotes from that, the course is this. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what, by what we give. By what we give. I guarantee you this. If you put God, God first in this area of your life, he will take care of you, and he will bless you. He will provide all along the way. The last thing is this. Get a fresh start in this new year by making weekly worship a priority. Hebrews 10, 23-25 says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate each other to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We know that early on in the church, they would meet together regularly. They would, they would pray. They would share a meal together. They would worship. They would break bread. They would, they, would, they would break scripture open. And God would meet in their midst, putting worship, putting coming here on the first day of the week. It doesn't have to be even here. Coming to, when, when I'm out of town, I was out of town this last week. I went to church on Sunday, not because I had to, because I want to. When we put God first in our lives, and we do that on a daily basis, it's the focus of our life, and it's the focus of our family, it's the focus of our world. We want to praise God. We want to. There's something that's happened uh, since I became pastor about, I don't know, seven months ago, whatever, senior pastor, uh, that people, when they see me, they suddenly like, they feel like that I'm the attendance person at church, okay? All right? It's just suddenly like, sorry, pastor, I wasn't there on Sunday. And that, oh, okay, you do like three Hail Marys and go home. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to make, I, I, this is not a guilt talk, folks. This is, I want the best for your life, okay? I want the best for what God has for you. He, he has so much for you. And these are areas that help us to focus and to put God first in these different places. When we put God first at the very beginning of the week and you start off your week and you're praising God. And, and let me tell you, these folks up here, they're talented, they're gifted, but they're not here to put on a show for us. Okay? It doesn't matter the songs that we sing. It doesn't matter how we sing them. It matters the worship that we give in our hearts to our God. One of the most amazing times I've ever had of worship was in Guatemala. And I just heard people singing. I didn't understand a word that people were saying. And I kind of wandered my way up into a service. Just kind of sat in the back. People were singing. They were praising God. I, I, my, my Spanish is limited to Dora the Explorer. Okay? <laughs> That's it. It was one of the most amazing spiritual, God-breathed times that I've ever had. 
the Spirit of God was so present. Now, challenge for us all. Some of you guys are amazing at coming to church, and you just, that's, that's, you're part of your DNA. But some of us come out of routine, and we just sit into seats, and we shake our heads, and we pass the thing, and we read to do that. We're kind of like zombies. So the challenge here in this new year is this. Come with a fresh heart to church. Come with a fresh heart. You say, God, whatever you want to do today, I'm willing to do. Wherever you want to lead me, I'm willing to go. God, help me with my mouth, with my heart, with my attitude, with my hands to serve you, Lord, with a a bunch of believers who, who love you. And, and let me tell you, if we, you'll come to church like that, every service will be an amazing service. Everything. And if they don't sing your favorite songs, it still will be amazing because God is present. He's always here, by the way. He's always here. The question is, are we going to show up? And are we going to show up with our whole hearts as well? I'm going to pray with you, and then we're going to sing. God, Thank you for uh, this day. God, thank you that you're so real with us. Lord, you're not a God that's keeping score. You're not keeping attendance. You're not keeping track of who gave what, when. You know what, you're so concerned and wrapped up in our hearts, God. You want our hearts to be shaped and molded to be like you. That's the call that every one of us has if we're followers of you, God. Jesus, we want more of you. But I want to be more like you. God, forgive me when the times that I've failed. God, I pray that you would help us, Jesus, as a, as a people to put you first in our lives, God. And Lord, to focus on you, to, to make you the focal point, Lord. And, and we believe and we trust that you're going to add all these things to our life. God, you're going to, when we do that, you're going to, to help us in the areas that we need help in, Lord. When we put other things second and third, Lord, God, things are gonna begin to get clearer. That's my prayer for my friends here today, Lord, that this year, God, they'll be able to look back and see the fruits of their relationship with you, the time spent in your word, the time spent connecting with you, Lord, the the time spent worshiping you, the time spent giving and making you a priority, Lord. God, I, I pray that Lord, that these wouldn't be just words that were heard today and, 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 and guilt was felt. Lord, we don't want to live by guilt. Lord, we live by grace. And we thank you for that grace this morning. I pray that you would challenge us and help us to remember. God, help us to, to put our focus and our, our purposes in the right order, God. Lord, you're so good to us. Lord, I pray that you would not only... Uh, convict today, but you would also put into action for all of us, Jesus, the areas that you've told us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. You can stand. Uh, we're going to worship, but we're going to sing a song, a song that we sang earlier, I Need You More. And as you do that, maybe you just want to have a conversation with God. Maybe there is an area of your life that God is not first, if we were honest. And uh, you just need to spend some time asking God for help and maybe thinking through a plan. What's the plan going to be? Because if you don't have a plan, 
You know, and I, I gave you a couple of action steps, but if you don't have a plan, then, then most likely, then nothing will change. Nothing will change. If you continue to do the same things, you're gonna get the same results. So let's, let's worship God and just spend some time to, to germinate on what he's told us this morning.